Well, you can talk about film. Gotta be quicker than this. You can talk about film with a philosopher's zeal or measure them all by box office appeal, but for once in your life... Be real! Ooh, back to the old mini-pod theme music. Welcome, one and all, to Be Real. It's your film reviewing and reappraising podcast. And if you've ever heard a mini-episode of this show, you know we only do it for new movies. So no reappraising. Merely a review of the biggest movie in America and the world, Black Panther. My name is Chance Solem Pfeiffer, and on the other line from Brooklyn, it's Noah Ballard. How are you, buddy? Hey, pal. We have never discussed a Marvel movie on this show because I don't really see them. And I don't really like them. Great. But I do like Ryan Coogler movies. And I do like... Uh, That's because cine- you paid to boxing. Well, I like Fruitvale Station a lot as well. I haven't seen that. Well, Creed is also great. So Ryan Coogler's great. That much we've established. If nothing else, we've established that Ryan Coogler's great. And only one of us has seen his other two movies. <laughs> um, but uh, Black Panther interested me because of the ways in which it didn't seem like it was going to be a marvel movie and we'll discuss the ways in which it is and isn't um even though it is firmly within the marvel cinematic universe based on the character that stan lee uh created in the 60s um so after we see in like hyperlapse the creation of wakanda from this vibranium meteor that uh lands in east central africa um we learn more about this fictitious country that is one of the wealthiest, most technologically advanced nations of this fictional world, but uh, shields itself from the outside world. To every other nation of the present day, it just appears to be uh, an African country um, with little wealth and little going on. But uh, but no, Chadwick Boseman is the, is the heir to the throne, and the movie kind of begins with him uh, in ritual combat to claim his father's throne of uh in wakanda and he's challenged by like one of a rival tribe who lives in the high mountains outside of wakanda but he really takes the throne with no problem uh then we see him you know go on a mission to uh recover and bring back uh, lupita nyong'o plays nakia who um is like the warrior like the chief warrior uh and a spy for wakanda but of another one of the the five tribes and then there's Daniel Kaluuya's in the mix um, as Wakabi. Angela Bassett is the the widowed queen. Um, and It's got a great cast. It's got a hell of a cast. But the action kicks off in an English museum where Michael B. Jordan is like asking this docent about uh, these Wakandan artifacts and these African artifacts. He's like, what's this one? And she's like, uh, you know, that's from... That's from here. That's from here. And he's like, no, this is Wakanda. It's made of vibranium. And it's a real showy move because just moments later, uh, Andy Serkis playing a South African like terrorist bus in. It's very clear that they're trying to recover vibranium and Andy Serkis has been attacking Wakanda for some time now. What is his name? He has a ridiculous name. Um, it's like Kruger. <laughs> a claw. Yeah, it takes a weird turn because you think that Claw is the the villain of the film, but it's not. Right. And like there maybe isn't a villain of the film. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens 
drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hola. Let's go. go, go. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. Unlike most superhero movies, Killmonger, Black Panther, Nakia, all these people who are either opposed or teaming up or feel like reflections of each other, all have very specific ideological reasons for what they're doing. None of it is like mumbo jumbo, my plan is that like, I want to dominate stuff. Right. And I think that that's rare in a Marvel movie and makes this interesting. What I think is interesting about this movie is that it's not the usual sort of like American dream standard of what a superhero is supposed to do. Quite the opposite. Which is like, yeah, rise from rags to riches in sort of understanding his powers and then fight the end, his antithesis mm-hmm. and win. This one is like, I mean, this one at its core is a tribal story and there's tribes within tribes. And then you have what is ultimately two, like two men fighting for the control of a, like a, a monarchy based on lineage. Right, right. <laughs> What's so fascinating about this movie is that T'Challa and the Chadwick Boseman performance are, you know, all about being regal and keeping the status quo. And I am the next in line of something that I thought was beautiful. And then it's complicating it to maybe not be so beautiful. But really, the protagonist of this movie is you know, just the gravitational center of a much more interesting universe where people, regardless of whether they're, you know, Killmonger, who is Michael B. Jordan, who ultimately wants to take Wakandan technology and, uh, you know, use it to liberate oppressed black people all around the world. There are other people like Wakabi, the Daniel Kaluuya character, and Nakia, the Lupita character, who stand in their own way in opposition to what this monarchy is about. And it's interesting, too, the movie sort of follows the plot of a failed coup d'etat story. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, like, who, which side picks which side and which tribe goes with which tribe. And it ultimately becomes a story very familiar in that sort of, this is a story about, like, you know, Last King of Scotland or, like, Beast of No Nation that I texted you about this where it's very much about they're they're almost like warlords. I don't agree with that read though because You don't think so? No, because Wakanda is a is a privileged place. If anything Wakanda, the lesson of isolationism about whether Wakanda should give itself to the world and try to undo past wrongs is an American story. Yeah, but I still think that like the fact that you have their government is essentially based on like who lives and who dies and who can fight the other in physical combat. You're talking about a society that like perpetuates violence. Sure. And that's, it's not necessarily a story about looking to like 
gain peace. Well, it perpetuates violence in the line of secession, but afterward, it's just a country that wants to hide itself and like never be found by colonialism or the world. Right. But the point of the movie is that they need to spread out. It's it's a globalist story. There are a lot of fascinating reads in here on sort of like uh, like retro, like retributive justice versus restorative justice on like a right. like a who would who should provide a global reparation where possible um, or like what how radical is too radical is globalization the way but again I mean we've kind of talked ourselves in a frenzy here but these are things that you don't think about when a movie about like like Captain America Winter Soldier is like nominally about surveillance or something you know oh yeah and Robert Redford's the, the villain for some reason. It's so thought-provoking. Um, but there is no villain know. in this story, which I think is fascinating. Right. Because it is a st- it is a tribal story. You don't need to have, like, a villain because there's natural conflict. And That's true. the fact that Michael B. Jordan, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, that Michael B. Jordan has a, an authentic reason to be there, a bona fide, right. like, bone to pick with Black Panther makes for a more compelling movie. And that's a story about circumstances more than it is like man versus man. So let's talk about, we've gotten deep into the meaning. Um, Let's talk about some of the performances and like just what it's like to watch this movie. Um, Really like that Lupita Nyong'o. She's, she's great. And like, finally, finally, like she was really saddled with that, uh, you know, the best supporting actress curse and, and with just like being, what I love about this movie is that I think that Michael B. Jordan has the most depthful character and gives the best performance here and is maybe doing the most pound for pound acting, but also like black actors should just be allowed to be movie stars. Yeah. And that's what like Lupita Nyong'o and Chadwick Boseman are doing. They're hyper composed. They're so beautiful. They're so noble. They're doing badass stuff. Like, let them be movie stars. So the the scene at that British museum, like I was interested in the movie, like the sort of the raid of the back of those like tr- uh, human trafficking trucks was kind of like marvelly dark too fast. I couldn't see what was going on. But the minute Michael B. Jordan is in that museum being like, what's this? And the, the final line where he's like looking at that antelope mask and Andy Serkis is like, don't tell me that's made of a branium too. And he's like, nah. I'm just feeling it. It's <laughs> such a movie star heat check moment where it's just like, yeah, you are the heir to Denzel. You are the heir to like Brad Pitt. You're a movie star. Welcome. Welcome. A real sneaky thing in this movie is that having an actor as, I mean, there are a few actors working today as good at like drawing out empathy as Sterling K. Brown. And oh, to I have go nuts. him as the connection point between the wrongdoing of Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick Boseman is so brilliant. Yeah. Because you almost have a more moral, less radical character in the middle to combine them. He's perfect. Yeah, he was really good in uh, Sterling K. Brown in the OJ thing. Oh, yeah. As As uh, Chris Darden, yeah. Right, yeah. What do you think about Wakanda? What do you feel about the look of this movie? It's sort of Swiss Family Robinson, which I'm into. Interesting. It's like, it's urban Swiss family Robinson. I was call I call the aesthetic, you know, like you have like things built into like cliffs and trees and mountains and stuff like that. But it's also like cool and like fun stuff happens when you like poke this switch and then like things come flying and there's like, 
the mine is like mine itself with these like cool subways, but they also have people subways, like very efficient public transit. That was key. Right. I liked that. <laughs> I think it's a yeah, a pretty brilliant amalgam of like from the original comics and Kugler's vision of this place that is, yes, like blatantly unreal because most like Afrofuturist aesthetic things don't seem very like, you know. But it looks Earth. cool. I'd do I'd live there. Well, and it's such a, it seems like a place that's so aspirational. It's like, you know, here you have like the most advanced society purportedly on earth, but still like with a fight on the most gorgeous of planes. Like they, they have created something where the natural and the technological live, where the natural has been so valued in a way that humans sadly don't value it in real life. Yeah, it's pretty great. And they seem to have it really like feels worth protecting. I think, and that is really important with the, you know, you understand. It's so beautiful. You understand why T'Challa doesn't want white people to ruin it, because you don't want yeah. it to get ruined. Well, yo, that's. I mean, white people love to ruin things. Let's be real. Right. Luckily, Martin Freeman uh, doesn't. I think he's one of the good whites. It seems like it. Andy Serkis, no. No, he's one of the bad whites. He's one of the worst. It was so funny that the movie, like, never said it, but, like, the whole time you're like, this character definitely supports apartheid. (laughs) That's why they made him South African. Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty good. No diplomatic immunity for Andy. Uh. (laughs) So I think the movie's really cool. Um, I love the cast. I just, I love that these people are uh, like allowed to really act in some cases and allowed to just like be really cool in other cases. Um, any normal, I had a few normal Marvel gripes. Did that get to you at all? I thought it was pretty, pretty entertaining. And I thought it was interesting how it subverted like the, cause it could have easily been a story about this man, like being in like the real world and then he has to like go to this other world and he's like actually the blood prince or whatever. And he has to fight the evil like stepchild that's like in the, but in this one you're following, uh, who's that annoying little blonde boy on game of Thrones? You're Joffrey. It's like the Joffrey story and it makes him the hero. Yeah. And so interesting that like, you know, Joffrey, we won't spoil it all the way, but like Joffrey can't win but you, there's like this sort of like inevitability where you're just like, was Joffrey right? And we have no choice but to just like act on his legacy of righteousness, even if he was, the, even if he couldn't carry it out. Unclear. It's yeah. But what about the actual watch? I will say that I was, I just, I, I hate Marvel violence. And I really felt like the you know the raid on the trucks that i mentioned and the climactic scene down in the train station like to me that just might as well have been attack of the clones like it's that's what stops it from being like a perfect movie for me is that i just like it's so unintelligible to me it's so fast and dark and i i know i know ryan cooler can shoot combat better than that because i've seen creed and it's amazing yeah i i don't i just don't know why directors choose to like stage a whole fight scene like in a green screen studio and not attempt to like have a practical set the waterfall like doormat fights were quite compelling oh yeah i loved that like that the waterfall was the stadium Mm -hmm. that was great i like getting buried by the hot sand and coming up like after tripping on whatever that was 
I liked visiting the plane of the ancestors. That was beautiful. I thought it was amazing. I think the best touch of this movie is that even when Michael B. Jordan goes back to his plane of the ancestors, even though it's in their apartment, looking out the windows, it was still the ancestral like plane sunset thing. That is which so was cool. amazing. That that's such a good point. I had completely forgotten about that. But that's the kind of thing where Kevin Feige would be like. He goes back to the plane of the ancestors and Coogler's like, wait, no, it's Oakland 92, but the sunsets outside. Yeah, yeah. That's a great touch. And Snyder would have been like, can the apartment blow up at the end? <laughs> you know how we rate movies, right? I think we know what we might rate this one. What are you going to rate it? I think it's a good, good. I do too. It's entertaining and well-made. That's, that's all I look for in movies. You know, there was a lot of hype around it. And I think that like, weirdly you can walk away being like, what did Chaz McCloudick Bozeman actually do in that movie as a character? And I think the violence, the Marvel style of cinematic violence might bother you. But like at the end of the day, the cast is incredible. It makes Angela Bassett. Oh, but yeah, you just come away thinking about stuff that no other Marvel movie will coax you into thinking that deeply about. Good, good. Definitely. All right, my friend, fun talking Black Panther with you. Absolutely. You will not be able to stay home, brother. To plug in, turn on, and cop out. What's on that for the The revolution will not be televised. This is some fun.